So today we're talking to Nikita. Hi, Nikita. Hi. Um, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. And last time we talked, uh, we talked about, I don't even remember, what did we talk about last time on the podcast? I don't remember either. Probably. I think it was RAM. RAM, no? yeah, yeah. Probably. It must have been RAM. Uh, and uh, today we're going to, to switch the gears. We're talking to, we're not going to talk about library, but I would say more like a developer tooling. Uh, and I think it all started with your talk at the Closure North uh, a few years back. Uh, and the, the, the tooling we're talking about is uh, support for Closure in Sublime 4. Um, so why Sublime? Why Closure in Sublime? Like where did it all, all started? So it all started with me um, wanted to use Sublime. It's, my, it's been my favorite editor for some time. Uh, I think like since the version 2 probably. I then drifted a little bit to Lighttable, but then VS Code. I think like here and there, but eventually I came back to Sublime and I like it very much because it's like... It's very fast, um, and it's also not feature bloated, right? So I think the problem with Visual Studio Code is they have too much success and too much manpower, <laughs> and they just can't stop implementing feature. And you open it, and there's pop-ups everywhere, the notifications. I don't know. Everything is highlighted for different reasons, and you don't know what to make of it. And Sublime, compared to that, it's very... Calm, minimalistic, like it's just what it is. And I, I, I like that attitude. I like using it, and it's it's very stable. It doesn't change very much. So like it's basically the same editor I used, I don't know, ten years ago. Not probably ten, but five at least. It it like it it, it has seen two major versions, but it barely changed. So yeah, it's it's perfect editor for me, and uh, the only problem with it was like it doesn't support closure, right? And uh, that was very unfortunate. Um, it, it does support closure uh, as um, like highlighting closure, but I I wasn't even happy with that. So the first thing that I did is implemented color scheme for that, uh, not color scheme, um, like closure grammar, like uh, parser for like syntax of closure inside the editor. So it highlights the right parts. Um, but I didn't publish it really. And eventually, actually, uh, the mainstream implementation have caught up since then, but uh, I've been using my syntax highlighting ever since. And recently, uh, but like the main problem is not syntax highlighting, right? With using closure. The main problem is that you cannot use uh, REPL. And uh, I've been using Lighttable in the past, and I know how great using REPL is. And uh, that was very unfortunate. I struggled with it for a long time, but it's it was not probably easy task to... Uh, I couldn't get myself up to get it implemented, right? Mm -hmm. yeah? So when it comes to REPL, what kind of REPL are we talking about there? Uh, what do you support out of the box? Yeah, that was uh, another interesting, actually, problem that I had to solve. Like, um, so basically what I wanted is, like, execute code. Like, you edit code and you execute it from the editor and you see result back in the editor, right? And 
uh, I I learned about closure ecosystem of REPLs. There are, there is basically socket REPL uh, and end REPL. I think that these are the two main ones. There is also like on top of socket REPL there exists unrepl and there is ex exist prepl. Uh, th those are meant to be like a little bit more automated, but they really weren't like. And the problem that I faced is that officially, like closure doesn't come with a good remote REPL. It comes with a socket REPL, which is basically designed to be used from a console, right? So you like you're sitting in a terminal, you're typing forms, you hit enter, they evaluate, and you get your prompt back and you can type the next thing. And this is like, I think is very um, ancient way of using REPL. Like, I don't think you should be using it like that. I mean, it's good to have this opportunity, but I don't think it should be a primary way of using REPL. So I, 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 I didn't like that. Um, and what you need actually is like, I also read Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm buffing. Uh, so, yeah, and NREPL is a little bit different. So, NREPL is supposed to be like a remote API to closure. It's like uh, if you mean REPL as read while print, right? So, this terminal thing when you type characters and it scrolls up always, and like you, you, you sit in this terminal uh, and rely on this prompts appearing and stuff like that. Uh, so NREPL uh, on the other side is very different thing. It's remote API basically. It's like sending JSON and getting back JSONs, except it's not JSONs, but it's it's similar thing, right? So NREPL is much more suitable for those kind of things. Like if you want to integrate program with program, right? Not human with uh, terminal, but uh, program with program. And yeah, uh, so I uh, we currently support NREPL. I don't think we support closure script. Uh, at least people who tried it were not successful. I usually <laughs> I tried REPL, uh, closure script REPL in the past, and it was like I, I had it working at some point. Then they changed something. And I couldn't get it working. Then I changed something again. I couldn't get it working. So I, I like I gave up. I didn't touch closure script REPL. But closure script is actually good without REPL if you, you're doing web development. Uh, mm -hmm. And you use FigWheel for live reload. You don't really need REPLs that much. Yeah, Sometimes this is you do, what, but yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I actually was asked recently this question. It's like, uh, because someone was like looking at the course and it's like, well, why don't you use so much more REPL on the front end? I was like, well, I actually don't feel like I need to. Most of the time I would just maybe evaluate some business logic just to see the result. But most of the time the browser will just give you the, the feedback that you need. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Life reload, it's, uh, it's pretty right. good. Uh, okay, so uh, there's the REPL uh, that you implemented. And when you talk about the evaluation of uh, the results or the forms, uh, you mentioned something that, you know, normally you don't evaluate forms like this. So you don't type into the REPL. So uh, you normally just highlight a piece of S expression or something, you send it out. Does the result in Sublime come in a like separate window or do they come inline? What's the strategy there? Yeah, no, they, yeah, they come in line, and mm -hmm. uh, that's another point that I wanted to to implement. Uh, 
very strongly. Uh, I, I feel very strongly about it. Like there are two ways basically to use repels in closure, the, at least the way that I've seen in the wild. And one is just uh, split your, your screen in half, and on left mm -hmm. half you is your code, and right. on right half is that terminal with socket repel, uh, which prints basically everything. And the, mm -hmm. the automation that you get is when you select a form, uh, it basically copies it and passes into this terminal. I see. Yeah. yeah, and this is also, I think it's very like clunky way to use repel. Like you don't really need First of all, you, you dedicate half of your screen for stuff that you don't really use all that often. Like you don't need to see all the previous evaluations and forms all the time, right? Sometimes you just need to see result now and, and keep working with your code, right? For one second. And it's it it seemed really wasteful to me. So uh, and yeah. So what I instead uh, am a huge fan of, like the light table model, when you evaluate and you see results in line next to your code, uh, the code that you inlined. Uh, so moving past the REPL, what other things do you support uh, in Sublime? Do you have any kind of support for LSP or? No, not really. Uh, I actually, um, I have, I think I have symbol lookup when it uh, like it prints documentation, like you know the doc mm -hmm. function in right. the Apple, so yeah. this one, and and that's it, uh, not not mm -hmm. much else. I do have though like another thing that is different maybe from other apples that I've seen is uh, I have parallel evaluation. So for some reason, like for socket Apple. All the okay, so all the other repls are sequential. Unless the previous form has finished execution executing, you cannot evaluate the next form for some reason. I don't know why, but that's how most of the repls works. So for socket repl, it it it's like it's understandable, right? So you're in terminal, you don't really have a way like to run multiple forms probably. Or like it would be like in terminal when you press Control Z and it goes into background and then you like it is not uh, well it will probably wouldn't be very convenient. But then like Apple also doesn't really support parallel evaluation for some reason. Like <laughs> you send one form like in normal Apple, uh, if you send one form. You have to wait for it to finish executing before you can send the next one, and that also seemed very strange to me because, like, why? Like, we have multi-processor computers, and there is like JVM is multi multi-threaded as well. There's like there's no problem spawning a thread per each evaluation, like literally no problem. And uh, I don't know why that limitation exists, but in Closure Sublimed you do get a thread per execution. You can execute multiple things in parallel. You can uh, actually, for example, you want to start a server, right? And this 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 would block normally. Like you can evaluate this form like directly in your editor and keep working, like nothing happened. It's it's no problem at all. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we support. And maybe we'll support formatting in indentation in the future, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Not much, not much yet. But there are right. plans. 
Right, right. Are you planning to, or are you planning to, do you have any like other plans after this, I don't know, formatting and stuff like this, or do you want to keep it as minimal as I guess the style you like? Hmm. Yeah, it, it comes uh, mostly from the stuff that I personally use and uh, I don't think I use much beyond that. You mentioned LSP and like uh, you probably meant like going to definition or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't use that much, but maybe because I don't have it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, usually like it's uh, always clear which namespace uh, the form comes from. So you just switch to file with that namespace. So that's how I work. I think even Sublime has some rudimental go-to definition and it works like somewhat reliably for some languages, not for all languages, uh, but uh, I, I don't know about Clojure. Like maybe it works for Clojure, maybe it doesn't. I, I am pretty sure it works for Java and, and C, C++. But it's not very reliable. Like it, it sometimes it points you to the right thing. Sometimes it, it's close enough because like Sublime doesn't have like real parser. It has an approximate parser for languages, right? It's it's good-ish, but yeah, it doesn't understand about your code as much as, for example, IntelliJ do mm-hmm. does. Right. Uh, is there any support for any like kind of key bindings and stuff like this? So if I have, I don't know, my dev system key bind to start with, I don't know, integrant or component or what have you, then I can just, you know, press a key binding and just get my system up and running? Mm. Uh, actually, yes. Uh, that was one of the features that I implemented. I don't use it that much, but so the feature that we have is you can bind to, to any key, you can bind a command with argument which will be formed to evaluate. So basically, you can bind, bind any evaluation to any key. So that's uh, like you can run tests. I use it once for running tests, like you press a key mm-hmm. and it runs the test that you're interested in. Right. Uh, yeah, I see. So you just me. specify just in the regular S, S expression saying this namespace, run this function and what have you, right? Yeah, it's basically just, yeah, it's it's the same as just the valuing from the editor, but just without <laughs> the editor part, <laughs> yeah. Um, are you aware of any other packages in this space? I'm talking Clojure and Sublime. Yeah, there's actually, like, the original one is um, Sublime REPL, I think, it, but it's like universal REPL for every other um every language in existence, basically. And it has closure as well, but it, it's not very good. And I think, like, that was the other problem that I had with uh, Sublime REPL. It requires your project to be, like, in lane format or something like that. Like, uh, and I've seen it, I think, in VS Code as well, when, like, you know, the plugin for closure, for some reason, requires your project to be a specific way. And I, I never understood that so that it can start the project for you, like re- start REPL for you. And uh, it's it, I think it's <laughs> sometimes it's okay, but most of the time I think it's like it's it's an obstacle you have to overcome. So for me, like the most natural way to use REPL is you get a port, you connect to that port, and that's mm-hmm. it, right? So right. there shouldn't be much else. Like your REPL shouldn't care 
any more about your project than, than just like knowing the port to connect to. That's that's my uh, stand. And yeah, and the other packages, there's also uh, Tootcane, uh, which is um, also, th this is specifically for closure and Sublime, and it has REPL, it has, I, don't, I think it has indentation, it has syntax highlighting, <laughs> it has lots of things. I, I, I think it has test runners and stuff like that. And it's pretty good, and it's it was it came before mine, and I I think it has more adoption, and it's pretty good, yeah. But it's like everything in, in once, like you cannot turn off. For me, deal breaker was I couldn't turn off the uh, the indentation part, like when you press enter, it indents code uh, the way it wants to, not oh, the way I want to. It's very opinionated, right? Yeah. And I see. I like, actually. Sorry, yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead. yeah. No, I said I didn't. I wasn't aware of the other package, but maybe I should also have a talk with the author of the other package and then just chat about. Seems like Sublime Four is going for a, a revival in closure community, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you should totally do that. I, I think it, yeah. he has um, also lots of interesting things to, to tell. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and if I like, if I start to use the package, is there any place that I can get like support or anything for this? Or are you looking for any kind of contributions or anything around the community aspects? Yeah. Uh, so first of all, to install a package, you just install it through package control, like any other package. It it took some time, but now it's there. Uh, and uh, there is a GitHub project for it, and under my organization, like GitHub slash Tonsky. Um, there you can open issues for sure and like get support. And you can also come and help if you need that or want that or you know Python. So the plugin is written as Python as any other Sublime plug plugins. Uh, I would be very happy to get help. It's actually organized pretty neatly. There are like good first issues and stuff like that, tags and descriptions. I, I hope so at least. I have actually one person who is pretty active there and he sends quite often like lots of improvements. So it's it's improving. Cool. Cool, cool. I also know that you created some color schemes for Sublime for is this this is not of course specific to closure. Uh, but I also noticed one which was also very minimalistic and I, I guess I just want to get at you in terms of is there any source uh, where you felt like overwhelmed with, as you mentioned, the VS Code and all of the pop-ups and stuff like this and you felt like, no, we just need to tone it down a bit? <laughs> yeah, so uh, the color scheme you're probably talking about is Alabaster. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's actually, it exists for Sublime, for VS Code, I think, for IntelliJ, something like, like that. I think there are three of them. Um, and yeah, I think even the, like originally started for VS Code and then I moved to Sublime and re-implemented it for Sublime. So yeah, the idea is like um, color schemes, in my opinion, are way too colorful, like most of them, right? And like they highlight almost every word on a page. Sometimes I get like screenshots with some 
normal color scheme, like, I don't know, like normal default color schemes. And it's very hard to figure out what the default text color is because everything is highlighted. Like it's red, green, blue, orange, uh, purple, magenta. And like, and, and like, like normal text, for example, is white, but you cannot see any white in the picture, like a page of code, right? And it's, I think it's crazy. And I think people who do that, like, it's, this is default way, like almost all color schemes like that. Um, I think the people who are doing that don't really understand what the word meaning of highlight is. And to highlight something, like it, it has to stand out, right? And if everything is highlighted, it basically means nothing is highlighted. Uh, and that's the problem what, that I wanted to fix. And so basically in my color scheme, uh, it uses just two, I, I think three types of highlights, three colors basically. Uh, I highlight strings, I highlight constants, all constants are of the same color, like uh, strings are different because sometimes it's, I don't know, I, I, I felt like it's meaningful to make this distinction between strings and other types of constants, like true, false, uh, numbers, and uh, keywords, stuff like that. And the third one would be comments, and that's all. And uh, the beauty of it, I think, like, not everything is highlighted first, so if you need to find something with eyes, this minimal highlighting actually helps you because it actually highlights something on a page. Like you, you, you can jump between those. Like in every, if every other word is like colored, it's it doesn't help really. And why I chose like to highlight constants is I think they are usually the most interesting things in a program, right? And uh, like, for example. Uh, control flow like for while the words like the keywords of the language I think usually are least important things I don't see point of highlighting them at all like it's uh, just doesn't make any sense to me um, yeah and there's uh, I think there's third point in this color scheme is that comments are actually highlighted not uh, toned down but uh, highlighted. So normally you may people make comments gray, so they are like less visible than the rest of the text. In my opinion, they should be more visible than the rest of the text because they communicate uh, extra information that is critical to understanding what's going on, right? Um, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And if if the comment doesn't do that, maybe you should remove that comment. And like you know, auto like I think the practice comes from this auto-generated comments, like in Java, when uh, you click some button in your IDE, and for each method there will be um, like uh, a default comment that says uh, method uh, foo does foo, and like there's, there's like no reason to have that. Of course, you don't want to see it, right? You want to hide it somehow. But that's not a good style, I think. And the good style, I think, is uh, if something is not clear enough, you just comment on it and say, explain in in human words, like what what that means, why it's there, and why it it, it is that way. And because it's like in normal language, not computer understandable language, I think it also means that it, it's intended for humans. It's intended for you, like for reading, like the computer doesn't care about them. So you should see them, obviously, if somebody made an effort to leave a comment there. Right. It's like those web pages that they have just too much pop-ups and moving stuff and everything 
flying in and out on the screen and you just don't know even like what's going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, probably like, you know, there's the websites uh, and you like, you, you, you read an article and in the end there is like a footer with lots of other articles and links to that and the different parts, like you can also see that, you see this, you see that. And when you scroll to this, there's also a pop-up like, no, read that. And like, like owner of the website doesn't <laughs> know what, what he wants you to read, like this or that, like make a decision. Right. Like, right, right. Yeah. Well, I guess this also goes all the way to the website you're maintaining, which is the grumpy website, right? Where you complain about all of this stuff, which is always like, very entertaining, you know, when you look at it. And I think you're doing really a lot of great stuff, uh, including the Fira Code Fund. And I think if people are interested, they should definitely look you up on uh, GitHub sponsors and Patreon. Um, I think uh, all of the work that you're doing is very interesting. And I always look up to like, you know, you come up with, with the UI framework. I also hope we can talk about this at one point. Uh, so definitely look forward to that. So uh, would there be anything else when it comes to Sublime Closure? Uh, that you would like to, I don't know, shout out to, for or? Um, no, I think we, we've covered everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, if you are using Sublime I, and Clojure, I suggest you give it a try. I think we have like a very, like not very different, but I think we made a substantial improvement in usability to usability of the repls and I think it's very nice and uh, joyful to use. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you should give it a try. All right, cool. Well, thank you for taking the time and uh, catch you next time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, see Bye. you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider supporting it by rating it on your platform and telling others about it. You can also support it directly by buying subscription at closure.stream or sponsoring it on GitHub Sponsors. All the details in the show notes below.